Imagine if Joe Rogan just left his guests sat there looking like a lemon. Hey guys, welcome to episode nine of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. My guest this week is a PHP developer. He's been deep in the IT game for about 12 years. He's built illegal websites that were shut down by lawyers, uh, bots that automate user activity on social networks, but more positively, he's a former fatty who lost 10 stone in just a couple of years. Uh, we had a great chat last Friday night uh, where we talked about what we think is coming down the road tech-wise uh, about his slimming successes and why life gets a bit easier after 30. So if listening to two geeks talk shit for an hour about weight loss and about, I don't know, combining your credit rating with your dating profile, if that sounds like your thing, then stick around for this most precious of hours that I spent with Mr. Daz Morley. Are we Daz streaming? Morley. Yeah, jumping straight in. How are you? Shit. I'm good. How are you? It's I, been a while since I, we did anything like this. Yes, I know. It's been uh, it's been too long. Um, I'm very good. Um, we were just saying a minute ago, you hope that you are not interrupted by your kids while we're doing this. And I'm hoping yep. that my uh, darling second born isn't going to kick off uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got I've got three upstairs that are playing Fortnite. So gamer rage can kick in at any minute. Yeah. And they'll be shouting and arguing and i mean people you've got people, all that to look forward to yeah people look down on like fathers who just sit their kids in front of screens all the time until a they become fathers who sit like they're like oh this is so much easier uh or b <laughs> like a pandemic kicks off and then it's like well i don't know what to do because i'm not a teacher so i just <laughs> put it in front of you so yeah i see an upside to it yeah I do like the, the pandemic. It's basically shown pretty much three quarters of all parents that like they don't actually like their kids. Mm. Like, yeah, like, right. So but... the lady I was talking to on the last episode, she was saying about like how hard it is and uh, like for, for parents who are suddenly thrown into this. And I was saying about this guy on Twitter who had mocked uh, parents for suddenly having to spend lots of time with their kids. And like, oh, I have to spend all day with my child. Like, but it's like... <laughs> I mean, it's it's not really that, is it? It's like I've got a fucking job, yeah. and my missus has got a job, and like you've got a job, and it's you know suddenly you're yeah, thrown yeah. into the chaos of it. Yeah, that's the situation I've got at the minute. I got I got I got to keep working all day, mm. and I got three. I got I got three of them, and they're they're sort of the age is like nine to thirteen. They're basically at the age where they can have quite excessive arguments, and they're quite articulate arguments. So. They, they say little things to troll each other and it, it just rests and it rests and builds up throughout the day until it just explodes. Yeah. And then you've just basically got to go and break up a Royal Rumble. So is there, has there been a moment, I mean, look, clearly we're not going to spend uh, an hour or so talking about fatherhood because <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a zillion yeah. podcasts out there, but just whilst we're on the topic, um, has there been an argument or like an insult that one of them, one of them has thrown at the other one where you know you're supposed to keep a straight face but you just like, you have to look away and just like grin. Cause it's like, like, you know, like one of them goes like, shut up, fuck face. And like you it, instinctively, you want to laugh cause it's so outrageous. But yeah. have you had one of those yet? Yeah. Um, it, it comes from uh, my daughter, man. She's just like, she's just got, Oh, you're such a Neanderthal. Just get out of my way. Like she comes out with these really quite clever ones where my boys are kind of like, mm, you're dumb. You're stupid. Like, yeah, there's a massive difference between boys and girls. Um, I think the boys are just kind of blunt and dumb, but girls are like, she gets me. She like, I was, um, I said the other night I was trying to make them laugh. So they've got a little Alexa dots in their room. So I was like dropped into the boys room fart noise yeah listen out heard the giggles yeah same to my daughter silence yeah alexa hang up like, <laughs> not not tolerating it at all like, no yeah there's a yeah, there's a definite sort of shift isn't there in uh like boys and girls i mean yeah. i don't have a you know grown-up speaking daughter yet but I'm fully yeah. expecting, even though she's like four years younger, I kind of am expecting yeah. that her sense of humour and uh, and like need for stimulation will actually surpass Jacob. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I don't know if the boys will catch up or not, but yeah, there's a, 
there's certainly an overlap, especially around that sort of early teens, pre-teens, yeah. era, where girls just seem to just become way more advanced than boys. Like, do you think there's? That's my experience, anyway. Yeah. Do Do you think there's a uh, uh, there's a kind of like pro and con to that, isn't there? Like, I really like the fact that I'm going to have a daughter who will be, you know, probably more conscientious and um, uh, I don't know, like emotionally mature and i'll be able to have sti like stimulated conversations with her probably a lot earlier than i will be able to with jacob um but on the yeah. other hand i fucking love a fart joke so yeah it's the same yeah you know they're never gonna get no, honestly they yeah no they never they never get old i mean i still amuse myself mm. even now like <laughs> even if i'm on my own i'll have a little chuckle but yeah i don't think you ever grow up out of that do you i don't think so I think it'll be a sad mm. fucking day when I like let rip like a proper ripper and I don't find it fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you're close to death at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to chat with you about two or three things um, tonight. So mm. um, let's let's get into the uh, the web development and bots like the tech side of things mm -hmm. first. Um, so okay. for those that don't know you, um, you are a PHP developer by trade um yep you've been deep in the uh, uh i'm gonna say deep in the it game um rather than kind of yeah. tech right because you would you, you're self-taught right and you've been in this for yeah, yeah, fif yeah 15 years am i gonna am i warm uh as a job yeah about um about well maybe yeah 12 to 15 years but i've been building websites and stuff since the 90s like i started when i was a kid yeah so, so you've come yeah. into this like i mean the whole kind of tech bro and like silicon valley and you know mm -hmm. google internship programs like all of that stuff brings with it connotations of like you know, people like me basically like people who used to be in bands mm -hmm. or like be massive hip-hop fans or you know they walk around in ironic t-shirts and now they're just sort of you know falling into tech um and yeah. whereas you've been in it like since day dot well not day dot but you know what i mean you've been in it for a while so have you noticed yeah, I've, I've been, like how how have things changed for you working in in technology over that time um oh it's just become way more complex mm. like i remember my first website you just had to build a basic website it had to work on a browser and that was it mm. where now it's now you your client wants once it has to be mobile friendly tablet friendly browser friendly mm. um it has you have to log in edit content manage everything um if any little inch of it they want to be able to change it or like logos images so there isn't really the old days of just throwing up a bit of html are just completely long gone mm. um and yeah yeah i think and yet are they like because like there's a big movement now about like um you know, like serverless stuff and just like static HTML sites. And it's almost like a shift back to that. It's like, why are we making these things so complicated? Like, why, why do you need a server side? I haven't come across that myself. But... Oh, really? Well, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a big, um, so there's a, a framework called Gatsby, which is based around like React, JavaScript. Um, but with React, oh. you will spin up a web server and a lot of websites will be built in something called Next.js, which is server-side rendery stuff, so it's really uh, mm. Google-friendly. Um, but there's a there's a huge market for people who just need a static HTML site. Like they don't need all of that stuff. They just want, you know, it's, yeah. it's a hairdresser or it's a barber or a solicitor, and all it is <laughs> is a billboard for the internet. Um, yeah. So it's a bit like a return to that, maybe. Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty much what most people end up do getting. But mm. from my experience, like they just like the idea. So I I obviously build a lot of things in WordPress, um, mm. and yeah, most of the time it is just a static thing that hardly ever changes. But I don't feel like I could I get away with just putting something static up anymore. Yeah, I think like having a content management system is sort of default now. But like socially, how has tech? changed like when you started was it like you know three 40 year old guys in a team and you and now it's like this sort okay. of super diverse range of like 23 year old with like cool haircuts and stuff like has that happened or <laughs> um to what once upon a time it felt like everybody was a web developer there was so many doing it um mm. I felt like because because it was it's quite easy to, to sort of learn html and that was all that was required maybe back then mm. And I think like as the technology has become more advanced and you sort of you actually do have to learn code now to build websites. Um, I feel like that's sort of 
pushed away a vast majority of otherwise would be web developers because they, they kind of just outgrew their expertise kind of thing. Yeah. I just, I, I just remember it being very, very hard to find work because there was just, I remember a lot more competition where like these days it's like, I go for a job mm. and I apply for one job and you get free offers because someone else hears that you're applying. It's like, yeah. uh, especially around Cambridge, like there doesn't seem to be enough web developers around anymore. I think like, cause the idea of learning to code, I think just most people just switch off. It's like, ugh, code. Yeah. Like, cause I can't understand it. Cause obviously to me, I love it, but uh, yeah um it's it's a weird one isn't we, it we, we, it's like so is your experience yeah. also that because like i i'm for it i get into trouble with lucy about like imploring people like almost like begging people to learn to code because i'm just like you know if they're not yeah. happy in their job if like a mutual friend of yeah. ours twigs like he had expressed that he wasn't happy in his job and i was like fucking learn to code mate it's yeah. not that difficult and uh and yeah. like lucy's brother is like he's interested in it i'm like yeah yeah just just fucking learn it just keep at it but she, like lucy will sometimes yeah. say to me like not everyone can fucking do it like it's like people have different circumstances people have different brains and stuff mm. but my take on that is always like it's such a broad church that even if you're not into yeah. web like if you're super logical you might go into a back-end language or if you're not super logical and you're actually just really flowery and creative like you might go into the ux yeah. layer like um is, is that your sort of perspective on it as well? Like you, you want people to get involved yeah, in it? I, I do want people to code. I mean, you've, we're literally like that far away from the internet of things. Every, like everything's going to need a, a coder at some point, even your fridge and your washing machine, because everything's going to be hooked up to the internet mm. and somebody has to code it. And like my, my boy's coding. He, um, he, uh, he's got a game he calls Roblox mm. and it's quite a good game for kids to play. Cause you can, you can code your own mods and the whole thing's just open. You can just do whatever you want on it. Mm. And I was looking, I was thinking, thinking that's a bit of a weird one. He's still, but no, no, he's learning to code. So yeah, you play that game all you want. Yeah. Like you can play that for hours. If that's, if it's going to get you coding, that's one game I'll let you just sit on all bloody day. Yeah. But yeah, you, I think, don't think people understand. Uh, it's not, it's not that difficult. No. Um, it's it's it's, it's something that you only really appreciate though then like once you've been exposed to it and once you've actually given it a chance because i remember uh mm. thinking firstly like just dismissing the idea from from my director about like like oh i don't know you know i'm not very mathematical you know i've like people who who work in mm. tech tend to be like my brother and um and it was only when i started fucking around with stuff and being like all right well you know let's try it um that I was like, actually, I could probably yeah, but, get my head around this. It's not that difficult. It's just a, basically yeah, what it is, is a series of problems. And like every time you reach yeah. the next hurdle, you're like, oh, well, <laughs> Google again, yeah. and, you know. But that, that, mental, that mental arithmetic, it's, it's not something you're just born with. It's something you can practice and improve on. So if you are a bit crap at maths, you can improve. Like it's not, there is you're that. not just shit at maths because you're born that way. Well, but, to some extent, I think yeah. like, I mean, I, I got a C oh, yeah, in GCSE yeah, yeah. and that was with like a private tutor, but my mum had to pay a, uh, a teacher <laughs> like 10 pounds an hour or something yeah. to, to get me to that. And, uh, but that's for like trigonometry and stuff like that as internet. That's like deep maths to get your GCSE. Like, yeah, there, I, I guess, but it's also a bit like, like imagine you're out for dinner with your friends. I know that seems like a, a, a distant <laughs> fantasy at the moment because A, we're in a pandemic and B, you're you. But uh, <laughs> but imagine imagine you're like around a, a restaurant table with um, with all of your mates and then the bill comes along and it's like uh, 237 pounds. And then your mate <laughs> to the left of you starts saying like, um, yeah, well, look, look, I had the Jalfrezi and um, oh, and then I had like two beers and they were like two ninety five each. And then the person to the right of you starts saying like other numbers and figures and stuff like I would fucking freeze up like my brain would just crunch and I would be useless. It's like a nightmare scenario for me. And it's never changed. Like it's throughout like private tuition and and all of that. And even throughout like the last five years of trying to be more technical, it's like there are situations that are very, very similar to that where two people are saying one thing and three people are saying the other and there's figures and there's schemas and there's something in, and I'm, I'm like, somebody needs to write this down <laughs> and draw it for me or explain it to me with fucking 
hand puppets because I'm not mm. going to get it. I bet I'd get a calculator out. Just get the calculator out and just... I get it. I, I know I what you're saying. I, I don't think I ever do anything without a calculator now. Um, no, but it's... I don't think for myself adding up numbers. You, it's the difference between knowing what to add up and then and not knowing what to add up, but based on the context of like three, four, five other factors in your head that you have mm. to keep solid in an like the only way i can explain it is it's it like I, I sort of think visually i don't know if you do but if i can't picture the numbers like in a in a shape or something like it i lose track of them immediately yeah, and i'm like ah oh, fuck i like like somebody needs to draw it for me basically um so i, yeah. I don't know if, uh, yeah i know what you mean i get like that yeah so yeah. um so yeah so we were talking a bit about how things have changed and um and obviously, there's mm. there's a few uh, new unofficial products that have come out in the time that you've been a developer. Uh, so crypto is one big one, obviously. Um, yeah. uh, Cybercrime, not so much a product, but that's yes. sword. Uh, and bots. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah, might, bots might be interesting well, to talk I've about had, bots. I've made a lot of them. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's, that was how my first freelance business started. I was I was botting for I was I I made a bunch of SEO bots. Really, um, to sort of spam, to sort of spam backlinks on various forums and stuff like before the Google algorithms became like. Mm. I mean, they're quite human now and they're quite clever, but I remember when sort of back, sort of that sort of two thousand two to two thousand ten sort of era. Yeah, the search engines were so simplistic. Like, whoever had the most backlinks got to the top, mm. um, and there was there was bots around, but you had to download the bot and then run it on your own machine. Mm. And I think back then the, the average broadband speed was maybe like <clears throat> one or two meg. So I, so I thought, well, this is shit because you're throttled by your bandwidth. I thought, but your server, that's not got a hundred meg lines. So I started building them in PHP. Mm. Um, so I'd have like, I had like various bots. I had a, pot, a bot for harvesting open, open proxies. Cause obviously you want to come from a million different IPs. Mm -hmm. And then I had bots that scavenged for comment threads and stuff like that and forums and, and you just sign up to it and I fed the bot the login details and yeah, um, someone would buy so many backlinks from me and then spam it away. Yeah. And yeah, a few weeks later, their particular website shot up the Google ranks and then the people that got bumped down would come to me and say, oh, I've been bumped down. Yeah. I need some more backlinks. And then you'd end up, I do remember, the, I did have a situation, there was, there was two building companies in Cambridge and they're, they're like being number one. And I don't think they realized they were both coming to me. Mm. So I was spamming one guy. And then when he got to number one, the other guy then came to me. And I was basically just spamming each one turn by turn, yeah. overlapping. I know they both realized they were, they were coming to me. I was just rake, raking it in out of them. And... You're like that guy in, uh, that was fun. in Top Boy. Have you seen that? Top Boy season three, no, where he's like, I think he, he, he supplies guns, right? But then like... Duchesne, who's like the you know crime overlord, uh, goes to him and he's just like, "Look, did you do some work for this other guy?" And then the guy's just like, "Look, I never tell names, and I just do, I just do business. And whoever comes up, I shake your hand, I wish you the best, and then off you go. That's you." <laughs> it is, yeah. I did the same with Vine as well. I created some Vine bots back in the day. Yeah. Um, the Instagram ones are hard. Um, I did try some Instagram ones, but they're like um, Facebook and Instagram are shit hot at blocking bots. It's really hard to bot on them. They're really annoying with their APIs as well. Like I've tried putting an Instagram API yeah. into my site and it's um, for anyone that's listening to this, it's not very technical. An API is uh, like a link into basically a database. Like you, you pull out information from yeah. somewhere else and then you can display it or you can uh, consume it and do what you like with it. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of websites that are really, really great at offering out free information. If you want like train times or weather or news. And then there's yeah. a lot of them that are really shit, right? Like Facebook, who yeah. I guess because their whole business model is data, then it's like, why would we just offer out an API that gives you, like they didn't want to even open that, uh, let the genie out of the bottle. They'll just. Yeah, they used to be they used to be quite liberal with their APIs, but um, a few years ago you could do anything with Facebook. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's got it's gradually got more and more strict, and they've just stripped out the features. Um, mm. And you have to get like, these the approval process is a lot more um, 
strict now. So they'll actually review what you're going to use the API for. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we don't want you to do that. So you're not having it. And it's like, ah. Oh. Like, Twitter are not much better as well. Yeah. Like, I remember the old Twitter API was yeah. pretty good. You could just, you could, you could drink yeah. in tweet information and build like yeah. timeline tools and stuff. And uh, I was trying to build something uh, sort of like a market data stream thing for foreign exchange yeah. uh, the other week. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, where's, like, where's all the usernames <laughs> on it? And they were like, oh, that's, yeah. that's the enterprise API that you need. I'm like, enterprise, like what the fuck? I've got to pay like 50, hundred quid a month for <laughs> like a, just mm -hmm. me in my bedroom, like doing, you know? Yeah. It's cause they're, they're, but there's no other option cause there's only one Twitter. True. Like, yeah. Well, now yeah. Now they're established. It's like, you know what? You can pay for that now. <laughs> like yeah. where else are you going to go? so yeah it's when you yeah happens. the buttons the buttons um yeah the button was that was a good good little era it's a good money a good money earner um that's what got me started in freelance so and then but yeah it's it, i don't you you ran another site as well can we touch on that or is that sensitive <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite sensitive it got um well basically it was it was um it started off as a forum and it turned into a platform right and most of the people, most of the people used it to share celebrity nudes. Right. So like when the the fappening happened, like yeah. mine was one of the websites everyone unloaded it on. Um, and then it, it sort of grew a little bit. And uh, and then I put like private channels in so people could share the files and that privately. And that's when people started doing a few little um, sort of illegal things. And they started sharing, um, sharing videos and um videos images that. whereas but i mean um, like yeah it got quite like, <laughs> I, I never wanted to touch on anything this no. sensitive like i no, i just meant like yeah. i thought it was like a sort of porn <laughs> site and they said like that you need to get rid of your porn site because it's got celebrities on and they haven't uh said it's okay um i mean it wasn't yeah, like a man um, fucking a dog was... or something was it no no it was it was um see i did a good job obviously i didn't want i didn't allow um piracy of yeah. like videos and stuff but with the private one it was full of privacy uh, piracy mm. um and obviously that caught on and i never looked at it because i just set up um private messaging for people yeah. but yeah the the shit hit the fan on that one uh, i just remember um solicitors letters landing on my door saying oi yeah this is illegal as fuck what are you doing <laughs> like did you shit your and pants? i didn't mean to be honest i shut my pants big time yeah <laughs> but it was the internet. There was I was I was a product of the sort of wild west days of the internet where everything just went. No one policed anything. Yeah, everything could just download. Um, and yeah, I I didn't quite understand how serious copyright law was and the depths and it's quite draconian. It's basically guilty until proven innocent when it comes to copyright and yeah, every individual infraction is a criminal offence. So it's not like your website's criminal. It's every single file that you've ever allowed to be shared without removing. That's an infringement. Um, oh, and right. each one carry like, yeah, it's like a £250,000 fine, prison. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but lucky for me, very lucky, the only thing they wanted was to just get it shut down. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, um, so they said, right, we're going to press charges yeah but we'll give you 28 days to shut it down yeah an hour later it was gone <laughs> like fucking, <laughs> that shit. Um, fucking honestly it was like terrifying and i i i knew it was a little bit naughty because um i sort of hid it behind um multiple servers and yeah. proxies and um i hosted it i think i think it was hosted in turkey they, they were quite liberal with with what they'd allow you to host um yeah so I thought I, I thought I did a good job, but the thing is, when the authorities are after you, yeah, you need to be a fucking you need to be a serious genius to be able to hide from them. Because I mean, they caught the pirate the pirate bay guys, didn't they? Yeah, they managed to run, keep them. But yeah, that was pretty. Oh, I would have <laughs> shat my fucking. I would have shat myself inside out if I got a letter like that. And they, and they were talking about like, look for every every infringement of copyright mm -hmm. law, another 250 grand. And if you can't pay the 250 grand, you're yeah. going down for like, let's say five years a piece. Oh, yeah. You'd just be like, Definitely, yeah. you turn around like, and you were <laughs> married at the time and you had a mortgage and shit. Like I'm sure turning around to your wife at that point and saying, Hey, <laughs> no, we weren't married and all that, but yeah, it's, it definitely contributed to the demise. Cause it's like, 
It's like, oh, do you know how I've been able to just afford all this stuff? It's like, oh shit, it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go and get a job. And um, yeah, the 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 uh, PAYE market, yeah, that wasn't as lucrative as what I was on before. So yeah, yeah, that was definitely a contrib- contributing factor to. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a good year. <laughs> like no doubt. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't um don't break any copyright laws, mate, because. <laughs> No, I well, I I don't plan to. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna yeah. copy at the moment? Yeah. I can like in terms yeah, of like happened. back in the glory days when you could sort of you know, uh, mm. well, don't want to incriminate myself. Back in the glory days when you could gain <laughs> access to the new Eminem album or whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, in those days I would have time to listen to a whole album. Like whereas now it's like as you know when there's kids involved mm. and. Uh, and and you've got a full-time job and all that it's um you know the idea of sitting there and listening to a whole album it's like some distant opulent fantasy like i may as well have supermodels around me i'm in a mansion in florida like but all of those things are equally that's changed a lot actually oh really the internet the you know because like you think before you had to pirate your, mu- your, your music or pay for it. But now with things like Spotify, mm. it's so cheap for Spotify for Spotify premium. It's, it's just not worth pirating music anymore because it's just so affordable and accessible. Yeah. And that's a massive difference with the, with the modern internet and things like Netflix. Yeah. It all makes piracy redundant mm. because it's just, it's, it's so cheap and available legally now. So I can't, I can't think of the last time I pirated anything. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. It's like I remember when everyone yeah. was stealing music left, right and centre and there was this argument of like, well, if you really love the band, then you wouldn't steal their album. Uh, yeah. And I always used to think, well, OK, yes, that's I agree with that. You shouldn't steal the album off your band or your, like, your favourite band. But also, if if the if the illegal option is so easy then people will go for the it's not necessarily about what's ethically like perfect it's about what's easiest because people are just fundamentally lazy so when you when you wrap like that around a societal level like all of north america or all of western europe it kind like it just stands to reason that people are gonna fucking steal the music so yeah and then spotify just this teenagers wasn't it yeah, the yeah. teenagers were the leading the charge, isn't it? Because you can't expect a teenager to conjure up 15 quid for every album they want. No. So, of course, they're going to pirate it, yeah. Well, it also exposed another problem, which was um, that the model of creating an album and selling it for fifteen ninety nine uh, was was flawed. Like, I if I go and buy a fifteen ninety nine album, that album better be fucking amazing. And I, I maybe would count five or six albums... Uh, where i think it, it's you know every track that i'm paying for 16 quid every yeah. track is like is yeah. worth me parting that money but most albums i've ever bought before streaming came online obviously most albums i've ever got it's usually been about sort of three four maybe five songs on it i've been like yep love all those songs and then the rest of it filler boring so it's kind of what streaming has done is kind of solved that because it's like everyone just makes their own yeah. albums and playlists and stuff yeah yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I love Spotify. I think it's I think it's better in a way. Um, I mean, I do I do like it when a new band sort of does release an album on Spotify. I will listen to each track one by one and just sort of chill out and take it in. But um, yeah, I can't think of I think my playlist it doesn't play anyone any particular person in any particular order. It's just a big clusterfuck of everything that I like. Yeah, it just plays in a random cycle. Yeah. But I, I kind of prefer that. Um, I like I'm not it. really an, an elitist with the old albums. And... No, I think occasionally, and, and one of the things I was going to say to uh, to Matt James when he was on, as we were talking about music, mm. was um, I actually think the market is ripe at the moment for a new artist to come out with a real, like, like true album. Like someone that really comes out with an album that it has a particular sound all the way through it, and it's got a concept behind it, and like because there's nothing like that at the moment everything is just like here's a single and then here's the next single it sounds totally different and uh now on this next one we're gonna we're gonna collaborate with this guy and you know and that's something that's been lost the audience is still there though i think the audience is still there yeah it might be a slightly older audience i think or a very studenty audience i think if you've got if you've got a new like radio head out now and the whole album sounded 
had a similar sort of vibe to it uh and there was yeah. a concept behind it where it was like a, almost a story all the way through that would be fucking amazing i reckon yeah. people would jump on that oh oh i think i would I'd, um I'd definitely jump on that so so yeah so talking about dev and we're talking about bots and stuff but um another thing that we we'd sort of agreed that we would touch on actually tonight was um so the future of tech okay. uh so i've been in i've been in the game for five years ish i think uh you've been in the game for a bit longer um i know some things that i would like to see or things that i think are going to happen in the next like five or ten mm. years uh let's start with you like what's your what's your number one thing that you think is going to happen or you'd like to see happen I, my biggest prediction is I think there's an open source boom on the way. Yeah. I think um, I don't think people quite understand yet just how close the open source alternative to things are, mm. like the open source alternative to Photoshop, uh, Audition. Um, I think they're very, very close and obviously open source and free. Yeah. I think that, that I think, is going to be a massive part of the future. Um, free open source um software this so this podcast is actually it sort of feeds into that a little bit because uh mm. i'm recording this on obs which is itself yeah. open source software and i could be forking out yeah. you know hundreds of pounds of like professional video <laughs> recording shit but i'm not and this has just been coded by like again for anyone that's not in dev or anything um so open source is very much uh, developers working on this as a side project they build it up in their spare time they do it for free um and then sometimes yeah. what they do is they sell it off don't they like it gets kind of big and then uh, one of the big boys comes yeah. and buys it for you know a few hundred million or whatever but um things like this like obs i'm i'm recording it all and editing it all on on free mm. software and i think you're right what do you what do you code in vs code i use and it's good is, is that uh iterm have you tried atom yet i have yeah i used to use atom yeah but that's open source as well i think like i'm thinking i've got this amazing free piece of software that i do all my coding in and i earn all my money from something that i got for free yeah i just think that's yeah and i said like if there's it's a silly name but you got the software gimp Mm. um that's that's a photoshop it's a free version of photoshop Mm. and the features are pretty much all there so you you can pay 50 pounds a month for an adobe cloud membership to get photoshop or you can download gimp and you've got exactly the same features yeah um they say i think audacity is that the audio one that's open source yeah that's right have you ever have you ever recommended an open source piece of software to someone like someone who's gone oh can you get us because i often get because people just ex- because of a sort of a, a slightly sketchy background with my website people just assume that I'm, I'm an expert in piracy and getting free shit yeah and they'll come up to me and go that's does can you get us a copy of photoshop on the fly and i'm like why don't you just have gimp yeah no oh, come on man it's like no no seriously give it a go it's exactly the same it's just a different layout obviously but it it will do what you want it to do. Yeah. And they don't, they're so reluctant to install it. Um, and I don't understand why, because like I said, people don't understand just how close the gap is now between open source yeah. and proprietary corporate corporate stuff. Um, well, I think it's, if you're a developer and you're working on open source stuff, um, firstly, people are going to ask you about it in your interview. So it's kind of in your interest to, to talk about what you've mm. contributed to the open source community. Um, and yeah. so there's this sort of vested interest behind it of like, look, if I could just build an Adobe Premiere that was free, that didn't have all of like the bells and whistles on it, but what it did do is allowed people to schedule clips and cut them and ed- like, you know, like do the basic editing um, and then put it out there. That would like potentially create a, you know, a low level competitor to something like, it would give you something to talk about in an interview with somebody like Facebook yeah. or Adobe or whatever. So there's a real yeah. like vested interest there if you're a developer to to get involved in it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So um my so what do you think's coming then? My my next one, my my prediction for the next five years is um uh credit rating dating. So I think <laughs> right, I've I've mused over this before with my girlfriend actually, yeah. about like what if you integrated an API with like Experian or like what's the other one yeah they oh Equifax that's the that's the thing that oh, yeah. use, right I think um 
So what if you integrated their records with like Tinder or whatever or Bumble? And then you could see a little sort of like health rating rag status on the right hand side of the person. So they couldn't get a green or an amber unless they, you know, didn't have CCJs or they didn't have. Uh, and I sort of thought about this and I was like, OK, so here's my first thought about it is if and I actually when I said this to Lucy, she was like, well, I don't think that's a good idea, because if that had been out when you and I had met, I don't know if I would have gone out with you. <laughs> I was in such a fucking it was nice. state. Yeah, like, I mean, I had debts coming out of my arsehole. Um, and, uh, and you know, thankfully, I've, I've been, managed to, you know, over a long period of time, managed to sort them out. But if she had seen, like, a rag status next to my face, probably would have, I don't know. So, like... Can you do, can't you do that in America already? I don't know. Not sure. I've seen it. I don't know if it's just in a film. I remember watching some chick flick and... They did a credit check on someone. I don't know if that's legal or not. I don't think you can do a credit check on other people here. Mm. But I don't know if that's a thing in America. It might just be a thing in the movies. But I sort of, I'm really torn on it, Daz, um, because you know <laughs> I've been in the shit with credit uh, for a, yeah. for most of my adult life, um, as as I'm sure a lot of people do. You know, you you live in your overdraft, you put something on your credit card, and then before you know it, you have to pay thirty quid a month for the interest on a credit card and whatever i'm I'm the opposite i'm the opposite i haven't um i don't have credit i don't i've never used credit cards not i had credit when i was like 19 20 got in a bit of trouble yeah thought fuck paid it off but um because i haven't had any kind of loan or credit for like 15 plus years mm. the banks won't give me a good credit rating yeah it's like that's the funny you know, thing, i'm thinking I thought, yeah i thought i'd been really good i thought i've always lived avoiding credit i've never had loans and credit cards so i go to a bank thinking hi i'm darren can i have a loan it's like no fuck off yeah (laughs) i've heard this yeah you get Mm. i've heard like that when you pay off your um your lease or like your car loan or whatever uh the next month after you've paid it off your credit rating goes down because you don't have any trackable like credit um responsibilities that they can go like okay yeah she is keeping above like their, their payments or keeping on top of their pay- mm. payments. Whereas if you, you know, if you finished it, it's, or, or rather if you're still mm. in the agreement, then, um, then they at least know what you owe. And it's, so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. quite a sort of upside down system. Yeah, it is a bit. It's like, there's, there's a lot of flaws in the system, I think, because another one is you rent, if like renters, renters often pay more in rent than they would in a mortgage for the same house. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a huge problem. Yeah, but London. you can't, yeah you, yeah what i was like in my head it's like if you've got a flawless track record of always paying your rent yeah why isn't a bank looking at that thinking well surely yeah. we can now trust him with a mortgage yeah especially when it a mortgage normally works out cheaper um yeah that's another frustration i never mm. understood that either i mean i had a credit rating that was just through the floor so um i'm probably not the best person to uh, to use an example as an example but i remember thinking consciously like i've never missed my rent in like fucking 10 years or 12 years or whatever it was so if i can afford like you know 600 pound a month for my room why can i not afford like 400 pounds a month to towards a mortgage but it's it's the difference between this whole you know you're you're borrowing money for 32 years to buy a house uh, versus yeah. the idea of like, oh, actually, you're buying a house for two and a half years or three years on a fixed, um, and then you'll sell it to make money and then move on to something else. Like, it's almost like you need to move away from that mentality of like, you're lending me money to buy a house. Like, actually, in reality, what you're doing is you're buying the house for me. I'll service the value of it, and then in two years I'll sell it, yeah. or three years, or five years, or whatever. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a system that just helps people who just want a home no like they just want a home because like i'm that i am that kind of person if i you know buy a house i'm the guy that would just live in his house and i'll just sit on that i'm not like yeah i wouldn't be the type to yeah i wouldn't be the type to sort of go property ladder hunt like jumping so i mentioned that lucy was like you know i don't know if you and i would have got together if if i had some Mm. like little rag status next to your face uh, but then on on the flip side, so that there's a part of me that's like, well, yeah, I suppose so. Then there's a part of me that's also like, if you put yourself in the shoes of the 10,000 women out there that this probably happens to, maybe more than that, probably more than that, 
mm-hmm. where they they meet a guy on Tinder or Bumble, uh, and they go out for a drink. They go out for two drinks, three drinks, then they fuck him. And then, you know, they're seeing each other and then they talk about moving in with each other. And this whole time he's been mm. saying like, yeah, you know, I run my business or, you know, I've got a job and yeah, I guess it might be nice to, to buy a place that, you know, he's just, cause he wants to keep fucking her. So it's just yeah. carrying on and carrying on. And then when it finally gets to like seven months or eight months in, and then he moves in with her or she moves in with him. Uh, and then he actually, you know, begrudgingly after a couple of drinks and she's constantly prodding him and say like, well, why don't we go to the bank? Why don't we? And finally he says like, all right, like I fine. I've got huge credit problems like that. But by that point, she's too deep. Yeah. She's too deep in. So she's like, yeah. she's like, well, oh, I suppose I could like help him sort it out. And like, oh, it's going to be like two, three years of him. And then, you know, seven years for his credit rating to recover. Like, and I think of situations like that, and I'm like, this would solve that for so many women. And it's like, I'm not a huge male feminist kind of guy, but it's like, it is a bit shitty that that kind of shit happens. And I say that as a guy like, yeah, definitely. you know, like if yeah. if Lucy had known, would she have gone out with me? I, I really don't know. But is that, yeah. is that, like, that's not her fault. That's, you know. I should have been. But, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm approaching forty, and honestly, when I'm dating, I'm, I'm on Tinder, I'm single, mm. and it's a concern. Um, I don't have money problems, but at the same time, um, I will struggle. Well, yeah, I'll struggle. I'll struggle because I don't, I don't have a life of credit. So, mm. and but I'm talking to people, and a, a common thing is um, when you're talking to someone new on Tinder, it's like, ah, oh, do you own your home? Mm. No. I, I hate having to tell them no nah, rent, and it's like it, it, it is. It's already a stigma, and I think yeah. um, what you say, I think like what you're offering or what you're suggesting. I think it would be very, very popular, but you would end up with like a class system of all the the good credit rating people conjured together, yeah, and then all the losers who can't get a loan together. And I think um, it kind uh, of it would kill off the idea of this sort of romantic like. You know, I I could be something. I could be better. Just believe in me, like like that sort of thing. Yeah. And then the woman's like, "All right, I believe in you. You've got something. Let's let's fucking see what you can do." Yeah. It would kill that. That'll that'll be missed. That'll be missed. I've I've had a couple of friends who have um, they've maybe sort of been in some dark days or something, and they've met someone. And the fact that they've met that woman makes them want to be better. And then over the year or two when they're first with them, they do turn themselves around because they don't want to let this, this love of their life. They don't want to let her down now because they've got this person in their life. I think your idea would basically kill that off. All these guys Mm. that will never have the inspiration to be better versions of themselves because the people they're going to end up matching with are also going to be fucked. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, we just went out a shit house together. (laughs) Like, it's just like, like, fuck it. Let's get a bed set. You know, we can't afford anything else. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I you're right. Know. I think, yeah, or it, it might, yeah, it, it might sort of spur on the the death of like dating apps because if you had a shit credit rating, why would you go onto a credit rating dating app? You just wouldn't. No. You'd be like, I'm not yeah. going on there. I'll, go to the pub. Yeah. yeah, you'd go to the pub, or you'd hang. You'd start if you're a woman and you had cred- shit credit, you'd start going out to like golf clubs to be like rich businessmen or something <laughs> somewhere where they're not gonna you know they won't credit check maybe they will maybe that's another future thing they'll start credit checking people on their way into venues <laughs> yeah i think um like credit checking um certain jobs is a thing isn't it because if somebody's got a bad credit or in the heavy in debt they're maybe more likely to to steal or get up to mischief to try and help financially maybe oh it's but it's it'd be like yeah i like it when i was working for a bank in the city it was after i mean i worked for a bank throughout the credit crunch but after the credit crunch um we used to have horror stories like people who had fallen into not hardship because they were like city workers, but they had they'd had issues uh, through no fault of their own. You know, like their partner had lost mm. their job in the crash and then they were forced to, you know, do this or do that. And then something had fallen through the cracks and then that's it. They're fucked. Like, and it, like they would come in for an interview. Someone would go, I love them, offer them the job. Yeah, cool. 
can you go through pre-employment screening they call it and you do a credit check check all the references and stuff and then you have to sit down in a room and go unfortunately there's been an issue um it looks sure. like you've you've defaulted on something and they will swear blind that it's not it hasn't happened because they as far as they know it hasn't happened and you're like you have to go away and do like we can't tell you what it is you have to go away and do your own digging and it's you know a lot of the time it is something totally innocent and yet it will fuck them for like maybe years like they'll be ostracized yeah. from city employment even though they might not have any uh exposure to anything that would actually present a risk like you know people's yeah. account numbers or pin numbers or anything like that all of that is off limits to them it would just be like a rolling compliance like checking uh i don't know sheets have come back in or um or that mm. uh you know this email has been answered on time or that this this like pas executive assistants who have no actual like their fingers never touch accounts or figures or anything like that uh would be pre-employment screened it's fucking nuts heartbreaking do you think like a chinese style social credit sort of system will come to sort of europe and the sort of west at some point Ooh, that's dark maybe yeah <laughs> so because so, that would be um that would sort of tie into dating wouldn't it because once if that did roll out mm. you'd have like a government api that you could just tap into straight away yeah <laughs> well you could hack it with a bot or something You'd be like, show me all the fives. <laughs> show me all the fives who've got their settings set to I would accept a one or above. Like uh, you could you could also find yourself creating like if this dating app, if everyone knew right, I had like dating is in a modern world, you you're gonna be on an app and you need a good credit score. You might create like a a black mirror world where everybody's just wearing a fake smile, just trying to get a good you know, yeah. trying to get good feedback from people. And I think like with the credit rating as well, everybody will just be behaving. I think maybe as a society, it might actually encourage people to be more cautious with their money and credit score. If they know that that, that will happen if they're single, they're going to be held back by it. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Cause it doesn't really affect you. Yeah. It doesn't affect you too bad having a bad credit rating. Cause you can still get a house. You can still live, you know, um, but when you when you make it part of finding love, all of a sudden it's like shit. It now becomes part of your gym routine, checking your credit score all the time. Yeah. Like, got to hit the weights, got to do some cardio, got to check the credit score. Now I can go on Tinder. Like, we're probably not that think... far away from that. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of talking, you know, cynically, like we're sort of joking about it. <laughs> but what if your dating profile was connected to your fitness first profile? Uh, and your credit score and i mean we're not far from that social credit thing like just show me people who go to the gym mm. like proven go to the gym three times a week and have a credit rating of above yeah. blah 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 yeah i think it'll i think it'll solve problems it'll also create new ones definitely yeah but... okay i'm, I'm going to tell you another one um so here's here's my number two and then we'll do your number two so um i think next five years I don't know if this will happen or if I just really want it to happen, but I think online voting. Discuss. That, yeah, I'm well up for that. I think, um, as you know, I've like I I I think the uh, I, I think the recent election in America was sketchy. I mean, I watched the um, I watched the hearings, the Giuliani hearings, mm. and obviously it's some whack jobs, but some of them are like like fuck. You know what I mean? You're like, these are these are serious problems. I mean, it might might not have been enough to push it, flip it the other way, but there definitely is something happening. There's definitely people trying to manipulate it. And then then you think with blockchain uh, blockchain technology, mm. you can completely and utterly secure that perfectly, because on the blockchain, it's nearly it's pretty much impossible to to fraudulently put anything on it. Sure. Um, yeah because of the way it's working so if it was like backed up by a blockchain you could have secure perfect voting yeah um all backed up by like needing an id to sign up and stuff like that plus but yeah i'm, I'm all up for it man it's it's one of these weird things where whenever we get up to an election you always get all of the like i don't know leader of opposition uh and the mm. um current prime minister or, or whatever uh telling anyone that will listen 
that they have to get out and vote. Turnout is key. You've got to get out and vote. They're constantly going on about it. You never not hear that on any broadcast when, when you're in a run up to an election. Um, but I wonder how many of them would actually put their weight behind online blockchain voting on the basis that I think if you in, if you rapidly increase the turnout, I think democracy in the UK would be turned on its head. Um, <laughs> what's your what's your second point? Let me just grab a beer. Also, I'm still here. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. No, I won't leave you. My second one. Yeah, my second one's uh, something um, MJ takes a piss out of when talking about my weight loss right okay oh yeah that's well yeah <laughs> he um he always he makes this joke he says are oh, you photoshopping yourself like I've, I've i've photoshopped myself in real life oh right i think that's that's a yeah that's the technology that i want and i figured out how it could i've actually figured out how we could be photoshopped yeah. in real life and live in filters and i think i watched this really amazing youtube uh, video and they were talking about like contact lenses and these superconducting materials they're generating these days where when you where the static of your own body is enough to run these things and they've got um so in the future you could have a contact lens mm. that has an onboard processor and stuff running on the static energy of your own body like a car battery and through that like self yeah 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 see i'm thinking when that technology progresses you can have like augmented reality so you can have like a uh h you know a heads up display yeah and you, and you think you could have like maybe you could have a profile like you could have like a filter so you go onto your account and you have a filter and then you project your filter out so everyone else's contact lenses yeah will apply that filter to your face like a snapchat filter so people could walk around with little bunny ears or that there or having all their jawline tucked in yeah and we could live a life where everybody's photoshopped because you're always looking through life yeah special contact lenses that's a good one that that sort of takes me back to uh, a conversation i had with uh, richard bryce where we were talking about deep fakes and uh, yeah and i was saying like you know how far away are we from that like mm. kind of that technology like you would have lenses in your eyes uh, but you could deep fake your like let's say husband to look like brad pitt while you're fucking him and like and is that yeah. cheating like if in in 10 years time you put your lenses in and you're thinking that your husband like he's like okay look mm. i'll i'll fuck you tonight because it's your birthday but i'm gonna make you look like brad pitt like it's i don't i don't think that's outrageous to think that that is probably on the horizon like yeah it, i think it's i think it is um um like when i was watching this thing it's like it's very primitive at the minute obviously but when you look at the other technology once the concept is once they've actually got the concept yeah and it's a working concept it snowballs and becomes very advanced very quick like smartphones were amazing within a couple of years of their first launch and sure i think yeah i think it's um well yeah i was thinking i was just laughing i was because he always says i'm photoshopped i was just thinking yeah i wish i was because <laughs> it was so much less effort of actually going through the effort of training and yeah and dieting i could have just photoshop myself in real life let's let's talk a little bit about that because we've been uh, we've been gassing away for a while and i want to touch on on weight loss also mm. um so i suppose from a like a podcast podcasting perspective um like weight loss and uh like making a change and all that stuff is typically mm. something you would find in like i hope this isn't sexist but it's typically something you would find in a in a more sort of like womany podcast like this is how i lost yeah. 10 pounds in three weeks and you know now i've got a bikini body and all that stuff um it's a bit different for men right like it's more you know yeah. we're not judged so much on our appearance um you were a bit bigger back in the day certainly when i first met you um what yeah. was it that made you go right i'm gonna fucking and it like well let's start off how much how much yeah. did you lose and then how did you do it? Uh, I've, I've, I'm about two pounds away from losing 10 whole stone. Um, my biggest me, was 21. Sideways. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest, my biggest, I got to 21 stone six. That was the highest I'd ever weighed myself. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was maybe 2016, 2015 sort of prime vine years that was when i was at my absolute heaviest and biggest i had no yeah. idea that you were that big i thought like in my mind i, I remember you being quite big but <laughs> i thought you were probably 
15 stone-ish. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know how. <laughs> it's just very, very fat. I mean, I can see it now when I look in because I did have this chin. Mm. It, I didn't well, I didn't have one. I didn't have one. It was just a blob. Like, I got photos and it's just my face just joins the rest of my body as one smooth contour because I didn't have any kind of yeah. shape to my head. It's just big, fat head. But yeah, I think I got started because I scared people. Man, I was actually, I was actually starting to scare family and friends, and yeah, it's like, yeah, there's this sort of fat jokes and piss taking turned into like fucking hell, Daz, you're killing yourself, mate. Like, um, right? Yeah, it's like kind of wakes you up. Yeah, my mum was scared as well, I think, because she, um, yeah, for one of my birthdays, it was like she bought me sessions of a personal trainer. Mm. Um. And obviously that's quite insulting, obviously. And maybe if you don't want that kind of thing, I think a lot of like people would be like, fuck off, what are you doing that for me? Uh, kind of thing. Cause, but yeah, it gets to a point where it's like, look, get down the fucking gym. You're killing yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a genuine concern from friends and family. Yeah. And like, so how um, did you, uh, I know this maybe sounds a bit simplistic, but how, how did you stick at it? Because I've started gyms before, uh, and I just feel like so. Here's here's my take on gyms. It's like they've they've got horrible house music. Uh, it's full of mirrors. It's full of people who are way buffer than me. And I walk in there like a yeah. fucking tourist. I'm like, I don't want to be here. This is gross. It stinks. Yeah. Everyone's sweating. Horrible music. And uh, and then you know you do a bit of exercise and you and you're there and you you give it a try. But then. It gets easier over the like the next two or three weeks to just go like oh like maybe I'll just have a night in I'll have a takeaway fine like how yeah. so how did you get over that? Um, and it's good good question I can't it's, it's I'm not really sure I think for me it was a, it was a switch mm. um, I had like sort of, sort of an intervention but not as a one group it was just kind of like at the same time i just had lots of on oh no, i had lots of friends and family like genuinely concerned um mm. and 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 uh, there's some stories as well you, it starts cycling through your head and you think fuck it like, you do sort of embarrass yourself mm. and i remember going for walks and stuff like that um i mean i got so bad i used to lose my breath going up the stairs to the toilet like i was just really? so unfit yeah like yeah i got to the top of the like, oh, take a breath then like and there was this, there was this hill. My mum started dragging me out. And my mum's like a little glass region. Like when she gets cross, you don't cross her. Like, so she, she started dragging me out. It's like, well, I take the dog for a walk. You're going to come, you're going to come with me. And there's a hill. There's a hill in the village I used to live in. On Right now I could walk up it in about three minutes. Mm. I used to get about a quarter of the way up and I used to stop and I'd be, I'd, I'd have like bad legs. I'd be out of breath. Mm. I'd be dripping with sweat and I'd just be fucked. And it gets to that point And you think, that's like you're either going to become the guy that's in in bed mm. just being fed <laughs> you end up getting big and you end up on fucking jerry springer or something or this morning like being wheeled out in front of holly like oh, i'm so fat i can't move kind of shit yeah or you fucking get your shit together um and something just flipped um honestly it was just like a determination just kicked in and i, I honestly can't tell you where it came from um it just became literally overnight it was just an obsession just an absolute obsession all day, every day, all day, every day. It was like you, you start torturing yourself mm. and where you would normally go to sort of, I mean, you go to, I used to go to McDonald's thinking like I'd pull up in the drive-thru and I'd be like, you know, lean out the window saying like, can I have two Big Mac meals? Can I have a, you know, <laughs> can I have a double, double cheeseburger and can I have an ice cream? And he'd be like, all right, kids, what do you want? Like fucking <laughs> so much food, like, um, and I'd sit there and eat it all. Yeah, and then I'd be like, oh, an hour later, I'd be in the fridge snacking. Like I just ate and ate, and you think when that obsession kicks in, that like, you are losing this weight. Yeah, you, you look at that McDonald's, and it starts just. It's like, yeah, it 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 becomes different. Like you, the way you look at the food and stuff, you start seeing it as the enemy. Like when was the last time you had a macadamia? Ah, about two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, how have people? responded to you as skinny dads versus you being large dads you notice i'm not saying fat dads because <laughs> i may <laughs> so get that big i don't know but uh like have you like your life has obviously changed and you probably feel a lot more yeah. you know, sprightly and um you know you i'm sure mm -hmm. you're dating and, and all that stuff but 
Um, like, how yeah. have you noticed on a social level, like the way you walk into the office or, you know, how your friends greet you and yeah. stuff? How's things changed since you've lost all the weight? Well, I think people feed off each other's energies. Mm. So, like, because I'm not fat and miserable and sort of grumpy as often, I'm still a grumpy kid, but I feel like once you've lost weight, like, I do have better relationships in general with people just because me and myself i'm just a little bit more confident a little bit more assured i've i've been through it i've done it and i've achieved a few things and and when you actually get there i think that just sort of sort of echoes from you and it bounces back at you i think like mm. you know when someone who's hyper positive comes in the room you like who's very flamboyant and very friendly and it does lift the entire room and i just think like um just just having that sort of um like I'm still quite a withdrawn guy, but I'm just a lot, a lot more positive because mm. nothing will phase you like, cause you know what you can achieve. So you, you've always got that sort of positive mentality of like, yeah, throw it at me. I'll figure it out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it improves everything. Yeah. I feel like that with, um, like not to bring it like everything back to shitty open my comedy, but I feel like since I started doing comedy, that was the first thing for me where I was like, shit, mm. like I can't, I can't fake this. I'm going to teach, like, I, well, not teach myself it, but I just, I built it up from nothing. Like, I I, I didn't know how to yeah. do it. I died on my ass, and then I did it a load of times, and I got better. And uh, and I felt like that gave me some sort of strength Then I was armoured with that when somebody said, oh, you should learn yeah. to code. Like, it didn't seem outrageous that I would, I could learn how to do something that I was completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, um, yeah you push yourself out of your comfort zone. You get, yeah. you're, you're more again you know. and I've, I've often wondered like is that something that only comes with age like once i got to 30 i was like i'm i want to do this i think i can do this um mm. but if you had said to me at 21 you should do you should try and do stand-up i probably would have been like i, I can't fucking do that like i'm gonna shit my pants and run away like is that yeah a thing like do you think it's because you reached like how old are you now 34 uh, 37 37 are you so oh, good for you yeah yeah looking good <laughs> um i think yeah i i feel more assured of myself yeah now i'm older um i think a lot of yeah, the, more like i always tell lucy this i'm like once you get to 30 all the bullshit leaves the room like when you're yeah. in your 20s you just want to be cool you just want to be the cool guy yeah. who all the girls want to fuck and the guy you make the guys laugh and you've got the cool job like maybe you're the dj or the drug dealer or like whatever it is yeah, yeah. and then when you get to 30 nobody wants to hear that shit nobody wants to hear that you're a dj that's trying to make it on friday nights yeah. and stuff like it's literally just down to what you can do what you can teach yourself to do and then and and the yeah. output of those things and i feel like then once you force yourself to do that whether it is learning to code or weight loss or whatever yeah there's a real kick to that that I don't remember yeah, ever feeling in my twenties. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do. I've, I've, I'm exactly the same. I don't remember feeling like I got. I think like as I'm older, I've got a much richer sense of reward. Like mm. when I'm working and stuff like that. I, I, it's when I was younger, I didn't find find that kind of thing rewarding. I just kind of just wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. Where now it's like quite nice having a job and being told you've done a good job and like you're getting recommended and stuff like that. it feels good like yeah and it makes you want to work harder to earn more of that appraisal and um for sure yeah i, I think i don't think it's yeah. a, i don't think it's any coincidence that since i mean i don't know what your professional situation is at the moment but i feel like since i turned 30 or certainly since i turned 35 since i became a father basically uh my yeah. professional and financial situation has improved immeasurably and i feel like like once you get to that stage in life and it could be something to do with like fatherhood i don't know with like responsibility and you know feeling like you have to provide could be absolutely something to do with that yeah, but yeah. um certainly do you feel less impulsive now you're older as well a little bit yeah i don't know like i <laughs> i'm still a bit like oh i've just got like i've been getting into woodwork recently and um i'm i'm a fucking fiend for like tools now like i'll be like i just gotta get an sds drill gotta order one now yeah and lucy'd be like you like me with photography then if i see a lens that i want yeah. i'm I'd smith, that's it 
month after month, I am fixated. I have to get that lens, and I will save and save. Like, it's, it's yeah, I know, I yeah. know the feeling. Like, like proper gearhead. But Lucy will be like, um, you know, she'll be explaining like mortgage and like long term plans, five year things, and all that stuff. And she'll be like, we just have to not be impulsive, not just go off the rails, not do this, not do that. And I'll just be like, I am none of those things. <laughs> Like, I'm going to buy tools and, like, fucking table saws and drop saws and I'm going to get this drill and that. Like, you just have to fucking rein me in. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think that's – once you get a hobby, though, like, it's annoying because you've got your hobby now, so it's always going to be draining your money. And if it's yeah. not draining your money, it's going to be on your head and how much you want to spend that money. Like, yeah. I don't think you can beat it. I think you just have to give in to it. Are you – like, do you have, like, sort of – I have about four hobbies, though, that I get obsessed with. Like, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, sometimes I get obsessed with stuff. And I'm like, at the moment, I want to game on the PS5 because I've just got that. I want to do shit tons of woodwork. Uh, I want to get this podcast exploding. Um, And then I want to learn a shit ton more, like, web dev stuff. Like, I don't... And I I don't want to slow down any of it. Like, it's... And and if life challenges it in some way if somebody's like you should really spend more time with your children <laughs> a bit like i like, can't they do it with me like isn't it like a sort of fun yeah you know like it's it's i know yeah i know exactly what you mean it's like I've, i'm like when i'm on my tinder matches sometimes like i have i have cancelled dates in favor of my hobbies just because yeah um it's there i just really want to do it but I've agreed to go and meet this person. You just, ah, oh, sorry, I can't make it. I don't feel well. Yeah. <laughs> you just make an excuse because, yeah, it's it's hard. Once you mind, once you do pick up hobbies and stuff and they become sort of sort of labour of loves, it's a very difficult mistress to sort of put down, isn't it? Like It is. And I mean, it's like, I think, again, mm. like going back to that whole reward feeling that you get in your 30s, it's sort yeah. of, um, there's nothing that really, nothing beats the feeling of, like for me, like all I did was like make a, a shitty coffee table. And to be honest, by all mm. accounts, uh, it's, I mean, if you measured it against a, a truly qualified, like, um, I don't know, joiner or like, I mean, this is how entry mm. level I am. I don't even know the name of the actual tradesman that would make a coffee table, but. Um, <laughs> well, called carpenters. Carpenter, right. Yes. A... Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you measured it against an actual carpenter or like joiner's output it would there's no there would be no comparison um but the feeling that i yeah, get that's, that's that yeah of like but you've got when the carpenter comes in and sees your work mm. they'll laugh at it and then you'll be like fuck you i'm gonna <laughs> get better at this yeah eventually yeah it's, it's always that say it's the same pattern with everything you get involved in like when you're a noob yeah the experts are gonna laugh at you like yeah yeah anyway on that very light uh notes uh we're gonna have to leave it there because we've been chatting for fucking ages Daz morley um but yeah it's been really fun uh we've covered a lot of stuff tonight weight loss um bots php development um whether we think that tech and and well teching inverted commas has changed um and and our predictions for the future i'm sorry we didn't get through all of them but we have been uh you know what we've been gassing been gassing away Um, yeah man it's been good it's been a while since we had a chat yeah um, we, need to, we need to get the STC boys together after this uh, lockdown nonsense is finished. That would be nice. Yeah. I'd be bang up. Uh, uh, yeah. If we can get some STC babysitters, yeah, we'd, be... we'd be uh, we'd be all good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like the babies kind of stopped all that in its tracks, didn't it? Everyone started popping popping little ones. Yeah. Well, ch- children just ruin everything. I might change that to my tagline yeah. on Twitter. I think. I think you should. It's going to be my state as soon as you hang up. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, no thanks very much, uh, Daz Morley. This has been a lot no of fun. Worries. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, take care, man. Cheers. <laughs>